Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Wow, what a great celebration. You know, I, one of the things that um, you don't realize is when God called Ronald to Gateway and, and uh, the Holy Spirit uh, had led me to ask him, uh, it was in ways that I had not fully understood. And, um, but what he took off of my shoulders so that I could do my job was huge. Um, Reggie Bone will tell you back in the day, he and I, he was the treasurer and, and, uh, and, I, and he and I would sit at a desk and say, can we pay this bill this week? Let's write a check for this one. Let's hold off on this one. And we were doing that every week. And, uh, and so when Ronald came, I didn't do that anymore. And, and I never went to those finance meetings. He was there in my stead. He knew how I felt and he represented me. But at the same time, it allowed me to do my job based on my gifts while he did his jobs based on his gift. So it was an amazing partnership that we have been able to have. And I am so thankful for my friend of what he freed me up to be able to do. And I'm selfishly very happy for him that he, on his day of retirement, got to hand that check to Ken. Uh, Ken's in my life group, and I gave him a heads up. I said, are you going to be here Sunday? He said, yeah. I said, all right, uh, it's going to be special. And then I told him what was going to happen, and Ken was so excited for us and for the church and uh, so I'm so thankful that Ronald got to be the one to hand him that check. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. So be here tonight at 6 to celebrate that. But, you know, paying off the debt, that kind of calls for a party. So since we're already having a big party tonight, I still wanted to do something this morning. So when you leave after the end of the service... Uh, there's going to be uh, a pile of ice cream out there for you. Uh, big old ice cream sandwiches. They're actually called Fat Boys. Don't take it personally, and uh, just just take it and enjoy it. And I thought, you know, that'll be just a cool way to celebrate paying off the debt. So uh, we had to borrow money to buy the ice cream. No, we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that. Uh, so enjoy the ice cream while you're out there. Your Your generosity has allowed us to pay off our debt far sooner than had been planned. I mean, many years ago, Ronald and I were talking and meeting, and we were both saying, hey, it would be amazing if the debt was paid off before either one of us retired. And so God granted that prayer request. But your generosity allowed that to happen. Your generosity has allowed this church to literally change lives with the gospel of Jesus. And your generosity has allowed that to happen. Your generosity just recently allowed us to buy more frontage road right here in the front, and we paid cash for it. Your generosity, if you've noticed to the right, back in this corner, we're clearing land, put in a retention pond so that we can add 74 parking spots. Uh, your generosity, and that's we're paying cash for that. That caused your generosity. We soon will be building a, uh, a classroom space next to the modulars for our students because our young people def- desperately, desperately need some additional classroom space. We're paying cash for that. Um, 
and uh, your generosity is allowing us to continue to do ministries and missions outside of Gateway in an amazing way. And I'm so thankful of what we get to be a part of, things that you might never see personally, but you hear the stories about this. Uh, Your generosity has helped in that. Uh, For example, you have been a part of planting churches in Muslim countries. And uh, just recently, because of uh, gifts from Gateway and other churches, um, we had a 16-year-old girl, or 17, she just turned 17 years old, and she came from a Muslim family, and she's, I can't share the country she's in, but it's a very strict, strict country. And um, she heard the gospel, and she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. She's the only believer in her family. And, uh, and at school, at her school, uh, she wrote a paper, and the teacher became very suspicious and turned her over to the authorities, and she was arrested. And um, her parents have declared her as mentally ill and has disassociated herself, her, themselves from her. And uh, so she has, she did two things that actually require the death penalty. One, she was a Muslim who became a Christian. That requires the death penalty in that country. And she made statements in that paper that could have been, that were interpreted as an insult to uh, Uh, Allah, and so that requires uh, the death penalty. So she has two different ways that she's going to be put to death. And our team uh, got involved, and we were able to get her out of the prison in the meantime, and now we are uh, getting her out of the country. And uh, so you pray. uh, I'm not even going to share her name. You just pray for this 17-year-old girl that she will safely get out of there. But thank you for her boldness and sharing the God. You and I don't, you and I don't even have to think about stuff like that. You know, we we never face things like that. But it is a very real thing. The persecution of believers in the world is more today than ever before in the history of the church. And yet, it's easy for us to sit in our comfortableness and not even think about it. So if you're a part of this church, you're gonna hear about things like that. And it's your generosity that allows us to intercede, to help, to assist. And I'm very grateful to you for that. I wanna look at a verse. We're taking a pause today from Romans, uh, but we're gonna get back into it. I want to look at 2 Corinthians today based on all that God's done today, and I thought it was very appropriate for us to stop for a moment and reflect on what Scripture teaches. In 2 Corinthians 9, 11, there's an incredible promise here. Paul said, yes, you will be enriched. They'll be enriched by God. You will be enriched in every way. Not just financially, but in the spiritual giftedness, uh, in so many different ways, you will be enriched and your life will be expanded. Your abilities, your opportunities will be expanded. He says, you will be enriched in every way so that, here's the reason, 
so that you can always be generous. Generous with your time, generous with your gifts, generous with your spiritual giftedness, generous with you involving yourself in other people's lives. <clears throat> so God promises to enrich us, but not for us, but rather so that we will be a conduit. It's like God says, my grace and my generosity is coming through you to other people. So you will be enriched by God in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, and this is a key, they will thank God. Not you, because you're just a conduit. They're gonna thank God. And so we, we don't want the credit. You know, when you do something nice for somebody or you choose to bless somebody and you go and put it on Facebook, according to God, God says, that's all the blessing you'll ever get. But when you do it in secret, when you do it quietly, when you do it without the spotlight, then you allow God to bless you even more. But whenever you do something for the sake of, hey, look at me, you're doing it all for the wrong reason. And so Paul's saying, look, God enriches you, he enriches you so that you can be generous to other people. <clears throat> and, and the test is they're, gonna, they're going to thank God. So when they thank God, that means you did it the right way. You did it the right way. Well, a pastor friend of mine, um, <clears throat> we were in school together. I was doing my master's. He was doing his PhD in the Greek New Testament. Just a brilliant scholar. <clears throat> and whenever he taught a class, I took it because I always learned from him. And, and we, were, we talked about this uh, grace and generosity. And he was saying, hey, this is actually interchangeable. These two words are interchangeable in the Greek. Grace is God's generosity. Jesus is God's generosity. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is God's generosity. And, and so it's through God's generosity we have grace, and through God's grace we receive his generosity, so they go together, interchanged. So now I want to skip back up to another chapter in 2 Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 8. And I, I want us to walk through nine verses. <clears throat> the first thing I want you to see is that grace has no boundaries whatsoever. Grace has no boundaries. Let's look at verses one and two. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now, the church in Corinth, who this letter was written to, Corinth was a very wealthy city. It was a seaport. So a lot of international people coming there. A lot of goods were coming there. It's being sold, traded, bought, whatever. And so there's a lot of money there. It was a very wealthy city. Today, uh, Corinth is not that far from Athens, 
<coughs> and then this area, the church is in Macedonia. Well, Macedonia, they were a, they were a mess. I mean, the, 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 they didn't have anything. They were a very poverty-stricken church. He, he goes on to say in verse 2, they are being tested by many troubles. Now, he didn't say they were being tempted, but they're being tested. And they are very poor. So they don't have anything to begin with, and they're having a hard time other than that. They're having struggles. They're, they're dealing with lots of stuff. They're dealing with a lot of issues. So they're struggling, and they're poor. But here's what Paul said. They are also filled with abundant joy. Oh, my goodness. How is that possible? Things are tough. They're, they have limited resources, and yet they're filled with abundant joy. And here's what happens, which has overflowed in rich generosity. So their attitude changed the church. They had tough, tough times, and they didn't focus on that. They focused on their salvation. They focused on Jesus. They said, hey, we've got Jesus, therefore we have everything we need. If you got Jesus, what else do you need? That's what they were saying. And because they focused on Jesus, they were looking for ways to be generous. Wow, what an attitude. And that's not an attitude just for the church. That's an attitude for the individual. In fact, it kind of says to me that when I'm facing a difficult challenge, instead of having a pity party, maybe I need to start praying, Lord, while I'm in this mess, I want to focus on the joy I have by belonging to you. And what I'm going through is no surprise to you. What I'm dealing with, it's, it's, it's no surprise whatsoever. And this is really testing me hard. But I want to focus on my joy in you. Because I might lose my stuff, but I can never lose my salvation. I can lose other things, but I can never lose my relationship with you. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. And I want to celebrate my joy because of who you are in me. And as a result, let my life overflow with generosity. I'm, I might not have money to give to somebody, but I've got time. I can go and donate my time and, and minister, you know, do some ministry that way. I can help people that really need some help. Just because I might not have money to give them, I can give them myself. I can invest in them. I can mentor, you know, younger kids. I can, I can be involved in ministry in a way that, and stand, stand in the gap and be used. See, they, they saw what little they had, and they gave it all to Jesus. 
See, grace has no boundaries. And, and, and an offering, they were willing, the people in Macedonia, listen to this, they were willing to give an offering to people they never met and would probably never meet. You know, God may ask you to help someone you will never, ever meet. He may ask you to do that. The other thing about this church in Macedonia is grace is always bigger than your circumstances. Grace is always bigger than your circumstances. No matter what situation you're in, grace is bigger. No matter how big your problem is, grace is bigger. No matter how serious your issue is, grace is bigger. So don't let your circumstances dictate your generosity. Well, I'll, I'll help when things change. Listen, when you don't help when things are tough, you probably won't help when things are good because it's an attitude, it's a mindset. Well, there's a second thing. Let's look at 2 Corinthians um, verse 8, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 3. For I can testify <clears throat> that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. They, they gave what they could afford, but they didn't stop there. They went beyond that. They gave far more. And they did, they did it of their own free will. It was not out of guilt. Nobody was twisting their arm. They counted a joy to do it. Verse four, this is amazing. Paul said they begged us again. I mean, Paul basically was saying, you guys have done enough. I know your situation. You don't need to do any more. You've gone way beyond any expectation. And listen to what Paul said. They begged us. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was hurting. They were being persecuted. It was a tough, tough time. And Paul was taking up an offering around in different churches. In Macedonia, these churches heard about what was happening in Jerusalem. And they said, hey, we want to help. And Paul said, well, yeah, absolutely. And then they gave. And, and then Paul said, hey, listen, that's enough. You know, you, that's, that's more than generous. And they said, no, 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 no. Don't rob us of our joy. Don't rob us of our joy. We want to do this. Let us give more. Man, what an attitude. They begged us again and again for the privilege. Verse 5. <clears throat> they even did more than we hoped. And, and this is the key phrase. This is why they were the way they were. For their first action, the very first step that they took was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Have you given yourself to the Lord yet? And I'm not talking about for just salvation. I'm talking about the everyday stuff. Here's what grace does. Grace changes your want to. 
I want to do this. I want this. I want that. Grace changes that. God's grace changes that in your life. They were begging for more grace in order to be able to give more. They were begging God, bless us more so that we can be more of a blessing. They didn't say, bless us because we've been faithful and we deserve a break today. They didn't pray that. Lord, you have blessed us and so we've been a blessing to others. Bless us more so we can even do more. Wow, I love that attitude. Now we're gonna jump down to verse eight. Verse eight says, I am not commanding you to do this because this isn't about having to, it's about wanting to. But I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Hey, guys in Corinth, you guys have it made. And so this poor church out here that's struggling, they kind of set the standard. How do you measure up to that? You know, are you, are you griping and complaining about your little puny problems? Your problems are puny compared to what they're dealing with. They kind of set the bar high. Now, not that we're supposed to compare ourselves to others because we're told in Scripture, don't compare yourselves to individuals, and nor should you ever do that. But he was telling the church, he say, look, be encouraged, be motivated by what you see other brothers and sisters doing. You see, grace is your greatest witness. Grace is your greatest witness. When, when we are generous, then it, it brings an amazing witness. An amazing witness. Now let's look, look at verse nine. You know the, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know it. You've, you're living it. You're experiencing it. So let's look at Jesus. Though he was rich, I mean, he was the Lord of the universe. Everything belonged to him. Everything. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. He left his glory and was born in this little bitty place. Didn't have much. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Rich in grace. Rich in generosity. So grace starts with Jesus. Grace starts with Jesus. The, verse, the very first step, it goes back to verse five, their very first step, their very first action was to give themselves to the Lord. So have you given yourself to the Lord? That's where it begins. And if you have, have you given everything attached to yourself? Uh, does, Jesus, does Jesus own your social media? Does he own what you watch 
what you look at? Have you given that over to him? Guys, does Jesus own the videos you go and look at? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> that was good timing a lot, God. I appreciate that. <laughs> Give yourself to Jesus. So as we spend the time in prayer and in a time of thanksgiving, and before you go and get your ice cream, I want you to think about the grace that's been given to you, the generosity that's been granted to you. And ask yourself, are, are you a conduit that freely lets that grace and generosity flow through, or do you lock it down and hold it to yourself? Let's pray.